for Terry Reed. Now, now, uh, one of the things that familiarized me with uh -huh. all of your work was a uh, documentary you did a long time ago that also uh, uh, someone else in the audience was also in. Oh, that one. <laughs> I've been trying to figure it out and get Pam into the situation. Well, yeah, uh, Miss Pamela. Miss Pamela. Very, very, uh, uh, the very top most famous groupie in the entire world yeah. and yep. a incredibly successful author as well yeah uh but uh, sweetest for all them oh, years the, the sweetest girl the i think i've met ever so you asking me about that movie but you? yeah right. so so uh when i saw that that was one thing but i remember being outside of the room when they came to your part i remember thinking oh oh there's some black people on here finally and then I went back Hell in yeah. there, and here's this dude like killing it. I could have sworn you were black. And from no, the no, oh, another, that part, right? Another okay. room, but the uh. sound that was coming and playing sounded yeah. like uh, you sounded black to me. Well, that was know? the biggest compliment I could ever have. <laughs> really? Well, no, I mean that's right. a sincere part, <laughs> you know. You know, I. Because that's all I love anyway. You know, I mean, well, I mean, it was you just, know, it, Sinatra, but. But in Sinatra, they were interviewing Sinatra one time, and uh, not, I mean, don't get me wrong, but it was very interesting because he didn't like doing interviews. He hated interviews, right? Yeah, he said, oh, you don't want to talk to people. So they said, well, uh, could you just say one thing? Who's your favorite, your biggest influence as a singer? And he goes, that's easy, Nat King Cole. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And he says, do you have another question? Because I'm really busy and I have to go. <laughs> right? That's all he said. Wow. And I can't wait. That told that told the story. You listen to timing of his singing and everything. Yeah. And 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 that kid Cole wrote the book on that. You know. Um, but I saw you in that man, and I saw you playing that. That was San Francisco, I think. That was San Francisco. That's right. And I mean, I think it was uh, Bill Graham's uh, film. Yeah, that's right. But, Fillmore. Right. And what sticks out to me the most about that. <laughs> That's some wicked. That was some wicked stuff going on there. But we, no, 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 we don't the, get in. Besides the music, yeah, was that kid that was like Paul? Oh, Chaz. Chaz, God, that's right. And Goldie. For some reason, I, I, yeah. For yeah. some reason, I. Oh, I love Goldie. Jeez. I, 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 oh, I God. for some reason, I've never been able to like let go of this kid Chaz. Like wondering what. Hoping uh, that he made it through that. Well, he got beaten up by oh. that, yeah that night. that night, right? Oh. He was only fourteen. Wow. Jeez. And uh, and he was high. I I, I don't. Mind. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, oh. well, like for weeks. You want a I know, but Chaz, like, you got to say, Chaz, you're like ah. No. No. Chaz was a very misdirected young yeah human being. Right? Yeah. You know. And thank God he had Goldie and some of the other entourage around who were very supportive. Goldie was, I, I really love Goldie, it was really something else. You know, he, he'd do my ironing for me. Oh, cool. <laughs> Best ironer you ever saw. <laughs> don't go, don't go there, don't. No. So, 
But Goldie, Goldie, that, I don't know if I should know, somebody very famous beat up Chaz that night at the gig. And, uh, really? Yeah. He didn't like gays. You're in you're in San Francisco and you're running the big I mean, hello, we have a problem here, you know. No, I swear. And it was it was very upsetting because these people were very faithful fans that would come around and, and fly around. Uh, but let's put a lighter side on this. Like Goldie, who played, you know, Goldie, we uh, we did Oakland Coliseum with the Stones. Biggie. Yeah. You remember that, right? Yes, I know. You were there? Right? So do you remember Miss what? Pamela. Miss Pamela. Pam. She was there. My good friend. Right? Yes. See, me and Pam go way back to Frank Zappa uh, when, when he had the log cabin up on. Yeah. So, and, and Frank would hold court. Yeah. That's basically, it wasn't a party. Frank would sit in that chair and hold court. And, right. and we'd all go just get all totally out of our minds, you know. <laughs> he didn't like, know that, though. He didn't realize. Hey, what? He was a teetotaler. Yeah, he didn't do anything. He didn't realize. Everybody, everybody thought Frank was the crazy guy, and little did they know it was us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had it all going on, right, you know. But Goldie, at that Oakland Coliseum, you'll remember, Pam, right, is that what he did, he had this, oh, this amazing crush for Keith Richards. That was it? He, he didn't like Mac Jagger at all. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so no, I got it. So, so what he does? He said, "He said, would you take me in the dressing room just if I could meet Keith? I'll be good. I won't freak out and all this." I said, "Okay then, right." So he turns up. Now, they had a whole organised uh, transvestite group called the Coquettes, oh, yeah. very, very famous in, in San Francisco, very famous in Paris. I, w I went to Paris and they were booked at Paris Olympia. Uh -huh. Damn. Damn, I mean, wow. they were earning some real kind of coin over there, right? yeah. I'm telling you. So, and, and so we were really good friends. He said, if you're lonely, just, oh, I'd do anything. I said, okay, but you've got to be cool, because this dressing room is out of control anyway. <laughs> but I said, Keith, I think, yeah, he'll appreciate it, right? So he can't, he can't, I, I'm playing summertime blues or something stupid, right? And I'm up there and I'm playing away. And you know, Oakland Coliseum is, you can't, you can't, it's worse than here. You can't see anything past the footlights, right? But I can see the one avenue channel that's lit for people where the seats are to get in. And I see somebody walking down the aisle, getting closer and closer to the stage is really high as the ceiling, but getting closer and closer. And I went, it's Marilyn Monroe. Oh, wait, wait, Marilyn passed a while ago. Wait, what's going But this is a vision of bliss here. The blonde and the hair and the... And, the, and I'm going, what is going on? And he had a rose in his hand. She had a rose in it, sorry. I did not figure it out yet, right? And he got right close to the, to the stage and said, Terry, I don't want to interrupt anything, right? I'm just staggered. He said, would you give this to Keith, your drummer? Right, right? and then I took him in the dressing room. <laughs> and, and Keith was like, yeah, it's typical Keith. I mean, I love Keith. He's always got a line for everything. So I took him in and uh, I introduced him. Keith, this is a good friend of mine, Goldie. And, and, and Keith took one anyway. Wow, very pleased to meet you, right? Like this. 
And Goldie, I thought it was going to pass out. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, like this. And anyway, she was very good, didn't say anything. And Keith turned around and he goes, yeah, it's, it's nice to have a good class of people in the dressing room for a change. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. it. So Goldie thought that was the best, yeah. Tell me about um, your first time opening up for the Stones. What oh. was that like to be up in... It was a riot. It was a riot. Well, audience. after we did that, I, I said earlier on, there was a, a, the Albert Hall, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, I'm 15. I'm going like, this is great. And that's when Brian Jones was so in the So you were 15 band. at this point? Yeah, I'm 15, right? 15, wow. Yeah, I know. I, I, I was on my... I didn't know. You know, they asked me to do it. <laughs> I mean, my dad said, well... If you turn it down, that's more than I earned last year. So it's up to you. I don't want to influence you. It's up to you, right? Well, I meant to ask you that. Were your parents supportive? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my dad was always very supportive. That's yeah. right. Well, he said to me one time, he said, well, look, he says, I really don't see you as a plumber. It's not. <laughs> and my dad's a car dealer. So, you know, car dealers are car. He's got, he sells, he buys themselves and it's, he'll get a car in and he'll hide the keys because he knows immediately I would like that Jaguar. <laughs> I'd look on the board, like, damn, the keys are gone. He know right away. You know. Well, let's get back to the to the uh, yeah to uh, Albert Hall. So we Albert Hall. We do. We go on. I opened the show with a group called Peter Jay and the Jaywalkers, which I was a part of, which I still very sincerely love the whole idea. And it was like an R and B kind of band. You know, we're yeah. doing all those great things like respect and and uh, 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 Midnight Hour, and I, oh, just, I get to do all these songs that I love, right? So we do that, then I can see the turn to come on, and you go, I must be wasting my time. <laughs> I don't, why am I on this thing, right? Then the Yardbirds come on, right? And then the Stones come on. Now, the Stones had recorded Satisfaction, right? And there's a rumor going on about this new single coming out and all this and everything. So. Typical Stones, I mean, they're the one group in history, or ever will be, is they're the only ones that bad publicity is on their side. <laughs> they have nothing to do with all that Beatle nice guy stuff, you know, no, nothing to do with it. No, is that if they could figure something to do that would get in the papers, right, you know, or something, it, they get points. Now, most groups, you wouldn't dare do half of the things they did, you know, because you wouldn't get away with it. But they were the bad boys of rock and roll. And because when you get the reputation, you roll with it. And it, the tour was out of control. They're doing something every five minutes. Huh. So we get on they go on stage, they do two songs, and then Keith goes into satisfaction. That's it. The place went nuts. I'm sitting on the back of the stage. At the, if you ever see a gig at the Albert Hall, uh, even a classical gig, right? There's, the stage is round at the back, and they've got these little tunnels where the orchestra people come up and take their seats, right? They're, and they have two little doors, right? Mm. It's very Victorian, right? So we, they start satisfaction. I'm sitting on the back of the stage. Everything went black. <laughs> wow. There's a riot. Now, this, they, that's, they never did it again. Never used rock and roll. Did they ever have anybody sit in the back after this gig? I'm serious. This is 1965-66, right? No, they banned it. They came over my head. I got stepped on with a stiletto. I still get these pains 
in the back of my back, you know. Uh, and, you know, getting stepped on by some girl, you know. Later on, I got stepped on as well, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, and I still, you know, I can remember that, you know, I get twinges. But it went black. And, of course, we all dove for those little doors, yeah. right? And behind me is Brian Jones, and he cut it. I'll never forget him saying, he goes, oh, Terry, he says, it'll be all over the papers tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> they planned this. <laughs> oh, that's good. PR. And I, I'm going like, yeah, it's all right for you. I'm bloody angel. <laughs> God. Oh, he said it will be in the paper. I couldn't believe, you know, but he... But, that was the first night of the tour. Wow. And they closed the show. That was it. It was a riot and they closed the show. Wow. I did the funny thing was, the only person we looked around and did a head check, you know, right, you know, you, how many people in your group, right? You know, we think it's five. So we look around and went, where's Keith? <laughs> oh, I look at around and there's no Keith. We went, oh shit. So we go and look through the doors and he's still out there. <laughs> They're tearing him to pieces, right? And he took them and he came in the dressing room and went, wow, that was a great idea, that. And all his, his pants are ripped and straight. It was like, I'm going, this is the first night. Uh, no, wait a minute, no. wait a minute here. Now you're 15 yeah, years old. Yeah, I know. You're 15. I know. And this wild, I mean, you're just I, into the I middle never of knew. Life. I never I mean, knew women did things like that. I mean, yeah, you were like, you were you would have, you would have barely been. Big shock to me. You would have barely been. I've been trying school. to get them to do it, but they didn't actually did it. You know. <laughs> I mean, you would have barely been in high school at that point because you had dropped I left out. School. I left school. No, yeah. Yeah, well, no, I, it was summer recess. What do you call it here? You know, mm. you, uh, summer vacation. Summer vacation. Yeah. Okay, when you go out of school and you've got the summer vacation, right? Well, we you'd call it recess there. So we come out of school and I had to make a decision at 15. I have to make a decision to go to college, which I had a scholarship to, to do pottery. You know, throw things on a wheel. It's cool. actually very good. I, now I do it again. Mm. I'm a member of a club that up there in the desert, and uh, and I'm getting the, get, you get the feel back, right? Beautiful. Right. So, but they, I told my dad I want to be a potter, right? <laughs> He's a car dealer, but right? he goes, he looks at me, he goes, oh, there's a big calling for potters. <laughs> <laughs> They're crying out for pop. Oh. He said, God, he says, I, he says, they're going to be queuing up ahead here. He said, you just got an invite to go on the Stones tour and you want to be a part of He said, oh, praise, have you lost your freaking mind? Right? He said, look how much they're out. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Man, so, I can't even imagine how that. Yeah, but you see how this you. is all like, it's all crazy, really. Rock and roll back then, as we know, is... When these things would happen, whatever groups, you talk to all people that put groups together back then, and, and you know, and be nowhere near as famous as some of the, my, our friends, right? But you listen to their stories, and it's hard to believe. Yeah. Things happen so quick, right, that they're standing there with their heads spinning, wondering what the hell happened, you know? Well, did it feel like thought all the way through it? Was there ever a moment where you knew you were in a special time in a very, very special no, place. No, no, yeah, not really. Yeah. I, all I thought was, I thought, when I was at home, 
I was watching the Rolling Stones and all this stuff and the Beatles on TV and riots and stuff like going, oh, whatever. <laughs> right? Now, all of a sudden, within two days, I get stepped, I'm in the middle of the riot. <laughs> the next day, it's on TV and I see me running for my life. <laughs> That's, and my, mates, my mates at school that I'd left, right, they're all going... <laughs> is that you? Well, you know it is because I'm all dressed up for the event, you know. I mean, nobody's going to wear that just well, that, to go that, out for dinner. Well, the girl, uh, at that point, the girls at your school must have just been falling over. Well, sort of, sort of. But I moved to London, so it was like I left home. I, I joined a group and I left, I left home, moved to London and went on tour with the Rolling Stones, you know. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's still to me. It's sort of I have to. So I have to chuckle about it, you know. I mean, I talked to Keith about it, you know, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I said, "Yeah, but you guys look so much older than me when I joined when I joined <laughs> tour." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, right." And I said, "But when I look at the pictures now, you all look like schoolboys too, you know." It's really, <laughs> yeah. really interesting. You know, two years or three years apart. Don't seem like nothing now. It's it's hard for me as a fan yeah. to separate you from this incredibly special once in a lifetime time. Yeah, that was happening. Where you could do Which so one? many things. <laughs> yeah, you could do so many things that now today would get me killed. Yeah. You know, but you guys were able. To yeah, yes, you got a very good things. point there. Yeah, you especially. <laughs> he is special, especially. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. But you see, the thing is, you got to understand it. I was, I was basically, I'd come to America yet, right? And the big shock to me was that I don't, didn't see it dawning. Is that. This is the God's honest truth. There were very few, other than going to Paris, right? Now, I'm a big jazz connoisseur. I wouldn't say connoisseur. I mean, I love my jazz. I love my John Coltrane. I love it. So, unbeknownst to me, having all these records and loving the music, and that's my feed, you know, it's all going in, right? Is in England, there were very few black American people, male or female, right? So, you, you'd bump into an American black, hey, man, you know, what's happening? You know, so, or something, you know. Go, to me every day. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> well yeah, you know. But uh, you go to Paris and you bump into a lot of, but they speak French. And that confuses the hell out of you. But they're from America. So, Damn, they're from America and speak French? Yeah. Well, they confuse the hell out of me, too. So I you don't know got it. See, so, I mean, I've never I, met a black person that started speaking French. Well, no, I met no, one No, you black see, be, the reason being is, I don't want to go on here, but you see, pa jazz in America right. was not heralded in the way it should have been. Right. Coltrane and Miles Davis, you know, up to then. Is uh, you know, Ornette Coleman and all these great eyes. Yeah, and the ones they that were couldn't work. They like, couldn't uh, work Quincy here. Quincy Jones was over yeah. there. He, Quincy Jones too. You see, so yeah. well, Quincy and, and Charlie Parker and, yeah. and Coltrane. That was all that whole movement. Yeah. But you couldn't work in America because you're black and it's a racist thing. Yeah. It's like I never knew about all that. Mm -hmm. it, it never, you know, I'm a little white guy from England who likes these 
hears that music and goes, hey, God, you got another record. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in. And it really, it really hurt me when I found out and came to America mm. and found out about, I mean, I mean this very sincerely, you know, it was, it was all the music I loved and I saw the racism and that. And it took me a long while when I moved, a long, long time to be able to get, to say, yeah, that is what's happening. And I read a lot and about the South and, and all the different aspects of it. I'm trying to get, but these things are terrible. They're terrible in any country. Yeah. But the, black people could only work in, with the jazz in Paris. Yeah. Paris and Italy. Yeah. I mean, Judd, at the Paris Olympia, you know, yeah. or, or, or jazz festivals over there. I mean, we could work, get big, earn big money. Yeah. And that kept jazz alive. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm very glad for that, you know. Yeah. I was dying to sort of talk to you on a, on a real level of, of things. The music is the music, and that's something we all love and share. Uh, but the, the, all the things that go behind, that come out and behind the music and the people that do it, God bless them, you know. Yeah. I mean, it ain't an easy road. I mean, I know all me and my funny stories and, and all what we did and that. And the rock and roll guys, we got away with murder, like you said. Not literally, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you're so tired. We won't mention them, right, you know. But... Uh, See, me and Pamela, I mean, it's like it's an ongoing situation, right? But, see, we met, like, way back then, and uh, it was all really good back then. It was, re it was, there was a whole thing starting to happen, really. Yeah. Another thing, we had the Beatles and the Stones and all that, but there was a whole other thing coming on. Now, all that peace and love and things. I never thought I'd end up living in Laurel Canyon. <laughs> I, I ended up bringing, 10 years bringing my kids up and having them go into Wonderland School. Oh. <laughs> Parents' Day at Wonderland School was pretty out there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'd never seen parents that way, you know. <laughs> No. Speak, now, speaking of music, you got yeah. another song for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll play it. Yes! Well, it's just, it's just a similar thing. It's, I, it's not a long story. It was it recently as uh, I was back in England last year. The thing is, I had to clean the whole house out, right? Wow. Now, we all know how that goes, yeah. right? We all know. And you, you, as you're going through stuff, you start finding things. Yeah. And then you go, oh. I wonder where my stamp collection went. You know, it's all these things are my train set. You, know, you start, you go back to being a kid again, right? Yeah. So based upon that, I'm going through stuff, and I suddenly come across some school books of mine, and there was three or four songs, and there was this one called Summer Sequence, oh. which was also on, on that first album. I couldn't believe it, and there's all the lyrics, and I go, what? What was going on? See, because I hadn't clicked that I'd written, we, what happens, we, we do something at a certain age, like 13 or 14, but you don't get a record deal till you're later. <laughs> so my, my recollection point is that I only see those songs as when we recorded them. That's what we were all into, you know, right? Yeah. Making a record, you know, very cool. But I hadn't realised I'd written them way long ago, wow. right? So... This is this is that this is that summer thing. I haven't played. I might get things right. I haven't ever played it before since That's then. Okay. Right, you know. Let's do it. Terry, everybody. Yeah.
night It's all over We will rise in the daytime We'll stop, go fish the breathing That we never fished before Well, today's a summer sequence It will rain again tomorrow <laughs> The sky will turn to Purple. And then we'll all go home While you lay there sleeping All my thoughts are free You'll be looking over unbeknown to me That sun beats through your window Herald in a day It's so good to be near you What more can I say? I need to not now. <laughs> More Terry Reed when we come back. I got it. I got it. So yeah. I got another. I got another question to lean on them, and so yeah, we'll see if we on. can give some money away. Up for you. Okay, who were all of the people in the gang, the Scooby Gang from Scooby Doo? Oh yeah, yeah, that's two of them. All of their names. And one, two, three, and go. Fred. Fred, Daphne, Vilma, Scooby, Shaggy. That's it. That's the award. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Good deal. That was fantastic. Twenty, forty, sixty, eighty, one hundred. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Let's give her a hand, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's out of the woods. That's great. Yeah. That's true. Really I didn't know if anybody would. I didn't know if anybody would get it. Well, it's a very American thing. Yeah. Out of the woods, there. Like, yeah. I don't know who the hell. 
Scooby Doo guy in. Yeah. So you got another song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. It's just, it's an interesting thing because there's a there's a lot there's a bunch of other things happened after the Rolling Stone thing. It went on and on and on. Yes. And, and uh, out of that, you meet a lot of friends. You know, suddenly that whole scene in London all becomes an oyster. You know, you you suddenly become friends with all these people yeah. that you you never thought you'd meet. You know. Well, one day I get this call from Jimmy Page, right? And uh, I'd known Jimmy Page because, like I said to you, we were on tour together in yeah. 65, 66 with Jeff Beck and the, and the whole thing with the Arbors. So we know each other you know, pretty well. And he calls me and he says, I'm putting this band together. And I went, really? He says, yeah. I said, well, who's in it? And he goes, well, i got John Paul Jones. No, I went, well, you mean Donovan's bass player? You know, who played upright. Very good musician, don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. And I'm going, what kind of band is Like the Incredible String Band? What, kind of, what are you doing? Right? Anyway, we had a laugh about it. And he said, would you, do you want to take a, a shot at it, you know, for singing? And I went, well, yeah. I just, you know, hell, I'll, I'll play with you anytime. Now, I just got on this thing with the Stones. Here we go, right? to go on tour with them. I just signed, well, not signed anything, it's a handshake. Not even that, I said yes. Right? <laughs> so, and one That's thing I don't- the showbiz worked Yeah, you way. know, I mean, well, if you tell Keith yes, I wouldn't say no the next day, you know. <laughs> I mean, that might not get a bit ugly, you know, I mean, and, and Mick and all them. So, and not only that, I love them dearly. So, uh, I said, well, I got this, well, let me go do that. And then uh, when I get back, we'll give it a shot and see what happens, right? Oh, I can't wait that long. Oh, no, I don't want this, you know. And he'd asked a whole bunch of different singers around, I think Steve Marriott, everybody around London, you know, uh, to try things out. And he had an idea in his head, right? So I sort of went, oh, well, God, I hope I get back. I'll get back. We'll see what happens, right? So I go on tour. And before I went on tour, I was doing some gigs up in the north of England. And... Uh, uh, we were up near a place called Buxton, north of north of, uh, of Birmingham, and I know I'd seen this band one time before, and they were a little rebellious. Right? The drummer was out of his friggin' mind, you know. <laughs> I mean, he threw a chair through a friggin' window, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, and he's chasing somebody's wife around and all. So, and I'm going, God, mate, these guys are like they're real rock and roll. Well, Germans are always nuts, right? So, and that's true. So, I we get this, a gig with them with a guy from America called Tim Rose, right? Who had a song called Morning Dew, Take Me Out in the Morning Dew, right? And so we're doing this gig, and I'm on second, and this group called The Band of Joy is on first. Uh, the PA blew up. I have this wonderful big PA, you know. <laughs> Terry, Scott, Terry Scott spent all his money, right? <laughs> spent everything on a PA system from Sweden, no less. You know? uh, it's unbelievable, but he's broke. Right, so anyway. <laughs> so yeah, you got this wonderful PA, but no money. So uh, they just broke down, and I went, Oh, now it's the one time that the roadies had gone to the pub. So I figured, oh, I get a chance to actually use the thing. So I got the microphone and I, I throw it to the singer. I says, here, go on, give it a shot. And I get to play with, seeing I'm broke, I might get to use it. But, <laughs> so I'm playing and so I'm listening, I'm going, you know, this would be perfect, right? What Jim's talking about, you know, this would... 
wow, you know, he sings all those guitar licks and shit. Hang on a second, this sounds, this is really, it's not exactly my cup of tea singing guitar licks. I mean, you know, yeah. I could do it, but it's, you know, I'm a, a songsmith and all that. But I thought to myself, God, this would be great. Not only that, the drummer is out of his mind. <laughs> I mean, after I mean, he actually saw he's heavier than Ginger Baker, and he's crazier than Keith. M well, no, no, not quite. No. <laughs> no, that's really pushing it. No, nobody was crazier than him. But he's along the lines. He's got every attribute a drummer would want, and he's really a good drummer. He's heavy duty, right? Yeah. Wow, this is rock and roll. So I go back to London, I get hold of Jimmy. Now this is look, I gotta go do the Stones thing, but you gotta check these guys out, right? And he says, "Who are they?" I said, "The band you've never heard of." Them. I said, "Listen to me, trust me. I think if you get in rehearsal and do so, I think you might get something out." But he said, "Well, what does he look like?" I said, "He looks like a Greek god." <laughs> right. And he says. Really? I said, yeah, well, he looks better than you. <laughs> Just joking. He hung up, he hung up on me. <laughs> I went, oh, shit, that didn't go well. So anyway, I called him back and we had a laugh about it and everything. And uh, anyway, he, tried, he couldn't find them. They went underground for a bit. I don't know, they had some things to do. I don't know, up in Birmingham, <laughs> that could mean anything. So anyway, he didn't. They couldn't find them for a few days. Peter Grant was looking around. They finally got them. They went into rehearsal, and the rest is history. Wow. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. But you see, the thing is, everybody was by design putting all these groups together. And they, yeah. I could tell you about a lot of failures. <laughs> tell you some that were just absolutely horrible. But, you know, but on the other hand, you know, we, we know some that tried and missed and all that, you know, and everything else. But it just goes to show, you never know when something will work. Yeah. But that, gr that group really worked in the studio. It was Jimmy Page's design that made that thing really fly. Because I went to a rehearsal and it didn't sound awful. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until they got in the studio and they had the design things. Yeah. That whole thing with Echoes and the whole thing of the design of that right. is brilliant. I mean, I was just really sad that Jimmy didn't produce a lot more albums for yeah. people. I mean, you know, he's got such a great talent at, at, at design for things. It's not who's in the group, it's a load of rubbish. It's, it's all about design in a career, you know. Like, you only get a, like a Pink Floyd or one of those things come along every now and then, you know, that, that's really special. Yeah. Anyway, it's all I say, it's very... I'm very honoured, I'm very flattered to be part of the society of all that. Yeah. And be a part of, look, two billion people can't be wrong. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sell a lot of records, ka you know? <laughs> But I'm real proud of the, that we helped put that together, you know. Yeah, right. It's really great, you know, you, you get it right, you know. Huge. You never know, though. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this song. Okay, yeah. Well, this was before that happened. Okay. Right, so... song. <laughs> what am I doing? See, I've talked my way out and into something, right? Chicken of the egg, right? You know, I mean. <laughs> and 
job in the world just yeah. singing their music you know like yeah, they, right. they don't have a lot of joy but with you there's this like this intense yes. joy yeah. of playing oh hell music. you know like I said I'd make a terrible plumber yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no no God bless you you know I mean it's a it's a gift that God sort of gives you and I like I say I, I don't know what it is but it's so enjoyable to do you're quoted as saying that uh, your music wasn't released, it escaped. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, no, that's, a, that's you know, I don't you know get, what that meant. I'll, I'll tell you what it means. Is you have to be humble and grateful at the same time for all that happens to you in life, right? You, you know, not everybody can be the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. Not everybody can be that. But to be in the presence of your peers, you one should really be 
you're very thankful that you're part of a community yeah. like, or of, of all this that happens and you become part and parcel of all these things. You, you go back to like the Sinatras and the Naki Coles and the Ella Fitzgeralds. Think, think about it. These people were a community. They hung real tight together to support the music, right? Rock and roll groups are a lot different. They all hate each other. <laughs> you know, they will not play go on after he, you think I'm going on after him you've got to be joking actually I want him off the show he's Sounds way like, too good to be on this show get rid of like him you've done a little time in comedy so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> life's a joke I'll but no the whole thing of like uh, my records you know they weren't released they escape is when you go through these well you know in business with uh, companies mm. companies uh, you know, they always think they thought of the whole idea of this music in the first place, right? And it's still like, do you know what? It really, right, Pam, it really hasn't changed. I talked to some young guys now that are like going for record deals and they're still getting screwed the same way, mm. you know? I mean, yeah. they get, it's the same deals, but what they do, they start to say, oh, well, I thought of this and everything. And then they start screwing you over and then you do the record, you spend all this time, three, four months or something or other sometimes, you know, crafting and doing this. And they look at it and go, what is it? They don't have a clue. Mm. It's like it gets scary and you go, what do you mean? You don't know what it is? <laughs> and it, you're asking me? Well, you're the one that, that said I'm supposed to do it, right? Yeah. So they said, well, we'll put it out anyway. So with my records, is I haven't had the, the good fortune to be you know, this magnanimous thing, you know, the eagles. <laughs> yeah, but if I, knowing Joe and Henley and everybody and knowing the politics that go to make a group like that, right, it's fascinating that it's not what people think. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. I always say, okay, that release, not, it's escaped. My records escaped. Not really, they released them, but not really. They escaped. They got uh, very, very lucky that anybody has heard them anyway because they didn't promote things or do anything. So I'm very lucky that people actually know who the hell I am. <laughs> you know. Wow. But you, you, when you get like, a, you know, I know Joe, Joe Walsh, and I know all the guys in the Eagle, and you see all the rig, and you hang with that bunch. You see what it takes to make that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a tough that's a tough world, but it's their job. So God bless them. I yeah, in that, that situation, sometimes a good insult is a lot healthier than a compliment. Damn true. You know, you said. You know, you <laughs> that, said that, that's really true. You know, you named off a bunch of people that uh, you said it's hard. Uh, yeah. To become this person, this group, and that group. Yeah. I say that it is hardest to become Terry Reed. Yeah. Well, uh, you know. oh, I'm happy. I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. You're very kind. Very kind. Yeah, Pam. <laughs> we, would we believe we'd still be sitting here now? Yes, right? can you, <laughs> there you go. So every time I see Pam, I go, can you believe we're still here? <laughs> so I don't believe it. <laughs> so we were, see, that's the thing, since I've known Pam, we've always laughed at it. Yeah, yeah. When I first met Pam, she always had that same, even though it's dark and I can't see it, I can see the smile on her face. She has that same smile as when I first met her at the Shadow of My Mind. She Mark. does. 
and aware, you know, aware of we were. You know, she's a couple of things in your books you've said about a couple of, a couple of the, the Mick Jagger ones were real good. <laughs> <laughs> I bet when he read that, he weren't too happy, right? No, you know. And people at home watching, Yeah, but he would, he'd laugh. Miss Pamela will be back on the show uh, this season. Yeah. So if you, so yes, that voice that you're hearing in the background, that's what that yeah. is. Yes, that is her. Yes, she's actually here. Yeah. And yes, she will be on the show this season. So I would. Looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I might come down for that one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. I would please do. And I'll do what I'll do. I'll heckle you. <laughs> Start something. Yeah. I want to tell you, you know, not in my, uh, uh, I'm not only uh, grateful for you doing the show. I'm, uh, as we close up here, I'm grateful that uh, it's been more special than I even thought it would be. Oh, really? And I oh, knew well. that it was going to be I'm, special, but it was. Well, I, okay. mean, I mean, you can you can honestly say I was I was really good tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Shit. What I <laughs> Special, right? Yeah, I know about like, that. I know about that. This is probably better. That guitar playing, up. I don't know about that. But no, you know, this, no, this is probably better than you opening up for the Stones, right? Like, what is safer? <laughs> so it's a lot safer. Well, I got some girls who are going to run over you when we walk out. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple of heels in the room. <laughs> bring yeah. back and <laughs> bring back some memories. Uh, but uh, again, you know, you're a legend. No, thank you very much. I can't much, say right? enough about yeah. you. Uh, this is, uh, uh, the, uh, but for my money, this is the best show of all three seasons so but, far. Well, and, you're not. Uh, you're, you're very kind. You just you, you really bless me and bless the show by yeah. by being a part. And will you come back again and see us? Hell yeah! All right. Yeah, no, that's yeah. not problem. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Terry. for the BD Freeman Show for tonight. Uh, yeah, what can I say, man? He's been the best, the absolute best. Thank you to audience. I love you. Oh, we will see you next week. And remember what I always say, you are not in an interracial relationship unless you're sleeping with a horse or a chicken. <laughs> okay? So, uh, wow, have a good night. Have a good night. And we'll see you next week. God bless you.